And so we come to the 20th Sunday of Ordinary Time. I apologise that last Sunday I didn't record a podcast, but I was away in a parish in South Tamworth supplying, and because of their mass schedule with coronavirus, I was only able to give a short homily. So I uploaded the talk on called Hope in the Midst of Crisis, perhaps as a... Um, an alternative. But today we turn our attention to one of the most interesting episodes in the Gospel of St. Matthew, that of our Lord's encounter with the Canaanite woman. Every word in the Gospel is important and true, but I hope you will see that this particular episode has much to say to us today, where we find ourselves both in the church as well as in the world. Firstly, though, it's good to remember that in God's wise plan, nothing happens by chance or by accident. We speak of God's active will, whereby God decides and chooses that something happens. And if we turn our minds back to the book of Genesis... God speaks and there is light. God speaks and desires and all of creation comes into being. But then too there is God's permissive will as it's called. And this is where human free will comes into play. God permits some things to happen so that he may bring good out of it or that he may gently and quietly turn the human heart back to him. So certainly in God's active will, what God actively desires, there is no accident, there is no happy circumstance. Everything happens carefully. And we see that today in the Gospel reading of the Canaanite woman. Also it's good to remember that as we hear this gospel at Mass, then by God's own wise plan we are there. And because of our loving response to him, we are there at Mass. And we hear the saving scriptures. When we are at Mass, we are in God's house of prayer, as the prophet Isaiah said. We go to worship God in the way that is acceptable and true and which God prepared for over many, many centuries, even millennia, since the beginning of his interaction with the people of the earth. As Isaiah says, everyone, even foreigners, who attach themselves to the Lord, to serve him and to love his name, to be his servants, all who observe the Sabbath and cling to God's covenant, all may come in faith, into the presence of God. So in a real and true sense, we stand in the line of faith that is epitomised by the Canaanite woman in today's Gospel. Her interaction with Christ is worthy of our careful reflection because it teaches us much about God's generous plan of salvation in Christ. 
Firstly, though, let us recall that communion with God, whether here in this life in a partial way or perfectly in heaven, communion with God is our ultimate good and happiness. And it is God's active will that it is there and open for everyone who wants it. The Jews are the chosen people of God. And God never repudiates any choice he makes. God never goes back on his word. But equally through the church, the new people of God, everyone who desires may come into friendship with Jesus Christ and communion with God as Father. So let's take a close look at the Gospel. The Canaanite woman is obviously not a Jew. She is a pagan and from one of Israel's ancient enemies. Notice how three times she speaks to Jesus and she does it most respectfully and with great trust. She calls Jesus Son of David. She kneels down at his feet and calls him Lord. And lastly, she calls him Sir. There are overtones here of our threefold, threefold calling upon God for mercy in the penitential act at Mass. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Lord tests her faith, tests her faith in him, as he does with all who come to him asking for healing in the gospel, and as he does with us too. So firstly, he ignores her. Then he describes his mission is to the house of Israel. And thirdly, somewhat jokingly, refers to the small dogs or puppies that graze around the dinner table. But knowing her faith, and bringing out of her even a stronger faith, our Lord then praises her faith as being great, just like the Roman centurions earlier in the Gospel. Of that Roman centurion's faith, Christ said, it was greater than any that he had experienced in Israel. So just as Jesus was saddened by the lack of faith of the people of his hometown of Nazareth and could do, could do no miracles there, just as he was saddened by the little faith of his own disciples at times, so he is struck with admiration at the great faith of this pagan Canaanite woman. Then the cure of her daughter is instantaneous. The prayer made with sincere faith and even childlike boldness is accepted. But going back a bit, panning out as they do in cinema and movies, the coming of a foreigner and a pagan to Christ serves as a reminder to us that Jesus Christ, the divine Son of God, incarnate in human flesh, is the saviour of all people. 
There is no other by whom we can be saved. There is salvation in no one else. For as we hear in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Christ is not one saviour among many or one way to heaven among other ways. He is the way, the truth and the life. Our society today is plagued by relativism, which says there is no truth, but rather how a person defines his or her own truth. Relativism would say Christ could be your saviour, but somebody else, like Buddha, Muhammad, could be as well. Our society is also scarred by syncretism, which says that there's no difference between faiths and religions. All of them are good. But the result of that thinking is that there are other saviours who are the same as Christ. Also at this time, there is a way of thinking called theological historicism, which says that the gospel can be judged by history. The gospel and the scriptures and what has been revealed to us can be redefined to fit today's circumstances. That has led some people to look at the episode of the Canaanite woman and to say that she changed Christ's mind or she somehow convinced him that he was the saviour of all people, not just the Jews. But relativism and syncretism and theological historicism are all errors and they can lead people in the wrong direction. So the church rejects all those and proposes to the men and women of our time Christ, the Lord, as the only one who can save us, the only one who can bring us ultimate happiness, purpose in this life, and fulfilment not only now, but in heaven. And we can find Christ. He is not some mysterious figure beyond us, but rather we can find him in his church, which is his continuing presence in history and time. So let us imitate the great faith of the Canaanite woman, as well as her great trust and confidence in Christ. Like her too, let us fall on our knees in adoration and humble submission to him. Let us also be grateful for the gift of faith that has been given to us and for membership of Christ's Holy Church. Laudato Jesus Christus.